0: Welcome to the Orient Outlook Podcast, sponsored by AJF Plastering, with myself, Steve Nusbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only
1: daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very, very special podcast. It's special because we're joined by the ginger pele himself, Mr. Matt Harold, and we're going to talk about the last three years with us at Orient. Matt, welcome to the podcast. How are you keeping in these uh, slightly strange and unusual times? yeah right chaps um yeah i know really well actually um
2: it's been uh, i think i've gone through every every stage they uh they do in this kind of lockdown i've ate banana bread i've done 5ks i've uh, i've done a bit of everything um i've been out cycling done a done a long ride today with a few of the other players so um yeah i've gone through everything but i'm ready for a bit of um normality i think and i think it is coming down to that now so um uh, ready for it
0: in terms of staying fit obviously how important is staying fit to you at the moment if you're I mean we'll come to your future later um, Uh, it
2: don't matter now does it for me (laughs) (laughs) you know what the first um, the first I would say three weeks I was getting up kind of seven o'clock going over I've got like a a cricket ground with uh, with pitches there so i'd i'd go there in the mornings and, and run and do, do everything we were being told to do with a real thinking that the the season would come back um eventually so um once it the rumors came through about it maybe being curtailed early, you, you've got to take your foot off the gas so it, it just kind of like you just relaxed you you've done maybe some some different kind of things fitness wise and just relaxed a bit but um I know a lot of the lads I've uh, been really on it obviously right he, <laughs> he ain't stopped so uh, I'm actually yeah. doing
1: his workouts actually and they're really oh, yeah. good yeah Josh is like amazing like you, you know you assume everybody's fit but this guy's like different level fit
2: yeah it's <laughs> mad and it's, it's obviously a lot of like hit workouts so oh, yeah. it um, it can kind of really have a, a big impact on you so but I, th- I think a lot of the lads like from what from what I hear I mean Lo- loads of the lads are doing things But it's just tricky Because no one knows exactly what's going on Or, or at least we'll know Kind of soon But I think no one has known before that So mm. um, Yeah, it's just, it's just been a sh- strange time
1: yeah, so we, yeah, what you're alluding to obviously is the fact that we don't know when next season's going to start. So you don't know what you're going to need to do to keep fit. Off seasons, pre seasons, you don't come back like a yeah. kind of Simpson, basically everything. yeah,
2: Exactly, yeah. But I mean, everything I'm hearing is maybe September time. Um, I know the Premier League will probably finish in August, have a few weeks, and then maybe start again after after a three week break. And I we. I, w- I would think that kind of the lower leagues might follow that, it's, but then you don't know about the crowds. You know, um, the only thing—I mean, the amount of people who have, have gone to beaches and protests and stuff—that there's, you know, there's, there's been a lot of people around. So, getting a few thousand in a in a stadium, if, the, if it's done the right one way, I think maybe it's more of a possibility now than it was mm-hmm. maybe a month ago. So. We'll have to see, but I don't know how, how the fans feel about kind of going to games with, with this um, with this epidemic, so it's, it's a strange
0: one, you know? Yeah, it would be really interesting to see kind of what happens um, in the future. So before we start going through your three years at Orient, let's give a shout out to our sponsors who are AJF Plastering, they're an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all <laughs> aspects of domestic and commercial work. They specialise in silicone colour render systems and the best part is they offer 15% off for all Ayton Orient fans and staff. And Adam reliably told us today and the whole world of Twitter, he was round Steve Embleton's house. <laughs> and Steve Embleton kindly gave him a nice shout out on Twitter. So for more information and for the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can email Adam at AJFplastricatoutlook.com or you can visit AJFplastron on Facebook or big ads L O F C
1: on Twitter. So starting at the beginning, uh, Matt, you've been with us sort of for three seasons. You joined us at the end of August, like a transfer deadline day from, from Crawley Town. So tell us, how, how, did this, how did this actually come about? How come you left Crawley and, and how, how did the Orient opportunity come about?
2: Um, yeah, it was quite strange really because I took the last game for Crawley. I was manager for the last game of the season. And um, I, we drew two, two in Mansfield and we actually played really well. What would I have been then? I'd have been 32. So, yeah, I took the last game, and then they tried to kind of convince me to to take the job um, to be the manager, and I was quite reluctant um, for for a while. And then and then I I almost kind of came round to it. And by the time i came round to it, they they gave it to Harry Kille. So um, obviously, Liverpool uh, player legend. Mm-hmm. So started the season with with him and had a good pre season but he just, he just wouldn't play me. Um it felt it felt a bit strange. It felt almost like he wanted me out the door. And it's been one it's been a weird thing really with with Leighton So I always thought I'd play for him, obviously kinda of being born there and, and just kinda of knowing knowing the area so well. Um, my old man kinda kinda of, kind of grew up watching them as well along with Tottenham. And uh, I always kind of said to people, well, I'll play for Orion one day, and I just thought the, the chance had completely gone. Um, and then they obviously came in to inform me, um, Lingy rung my agent, and um, yeah, I, I, I heard about it, and I was, I was kind of still playing for Crawley in, in and out and, and doing well. So I, I didn't think they'd let me go, but he, he was fine with me going, and I would have pushed to get out, to be honest. Um, and join Orion just because it was his it, club. I've, I've always wanted to play for. It's weird, and uh, yeah, that's how it came about. So it was. It's funny how, funny how after saying it so many times, it actually happened in the end. Do you know.
0: And what were your first impressions when you arrived at the club? Obviously, the takeover had just gone through. Steve Davis was there. There were new players in the club. David Mooney had just returned. So there was a lot of activity.
3: Yeah. What
2: I what I got my initial impression was a really like friendly um, changing room. Like, the lads just seemed uh, just really, like, a really good good bunch. Um, it felt a very positive vibe. Um, I suppose they were winning, weren't they? So, if you're winning, you start the season well. It, it, there was a real positive vibe, but I think that goes a bit deeper because, obviously, you had the change in ownership from the fiasco from before, which I'd always looked at from the outside, but not knew too much about. Um, so, I mean... Watching the
3: scenes, was it, the last mm. game of the season where all the, pla- all uh, the fans yeah. came on the pitch? Yeah. yeah, I saw things
2: like that and it just felt like such a new start, obviously, with the new owners and their connection to the to the club and everything. So that's another reason why I kind of was desperate to come. But my first impression was just a real positivity and then um, I, I obviously felt a bit of a point to prove because... I, you're, when you when you kind of get over thirty and you're and and you're there, you, there are question marks. I was really kind of uh, wanting to to kind of make a point and just show everyone how much I wanted to to play and uh, and impress and help the team. So that was the initial impression. Obviously, the first game went great. You know, was <laughs>
0: up. What was it? A C- couple of minutes. N- not a header in. So. Yeah, yeah it was a dream debut we beat geisley 4-1 and you came on as a sub and I think it was about 3 or 4 minutes and a cross came in um, and it was one of those kind of trademark Harold attacking the ball in the air back at an end you'd been referred to Steve Davis had been talking about a plan B all along because it seemed were very kind of pass along the floor not very physical and then you came on yeah. and in, within yeah, 3 or 4 minutes had scored your first goal and we, we, we won 4-1 and that must have been a great, a great moment to obviously that gets rid of all the early nerves or any pressure that's on you as a forward to score after four minutes on your debut
2: yeah yeah exactly that it was um, I've always had kind of quite good records at going to new clubs and um, and, and scoring or, or kind of really impressing uh, straight away it kind of goes downhill after that but um, <laughs> no it, um, it, it was it was lovely because It, like I said, it was just one of them moments where I still felt a little bit of a point to prove and to to the punters and to to your new teammates, you just want to hit the ground running, don't you? So I just, um, that was, that was really, um, that was a really kind of ideal debut, kind of had family in the crowd and stuff. And it it obviously meant a little bit more because, you know, when you're born somewhere where um, a club is and you've. You kind of watched them growing up, not not every week, but here, here and there, you know. It's just that extra little connection. So it was uh, it was lovely to see the ball um, go in the net. Yeah, it was it was nice for Joe Willison. It's his only cross he's given me in three years, so that was nice.
1: <laughs> so after the Guiseley match, I was just counting. There, we we put out of twelve games, we lost nine of them and drew three. You scored against Tranmere in in, uh, in a game that we lost two one. We started to then plummet down the league. We'd started off yeah. all right, as you as you alluded to earlier. But from the players' perspective, like, what was going wrong? Why weren't we getting the results? How have we started pretty well and then all of a sudden we've gone so drastically in the opposite direction? Yeah, it was. Look, it look, it from the outside, it looks weird. Like, how can the same players oh, be going backwards?
2: It was weird and it was... You know what, I think... I think you've got to maybe look at the fact the, the, the club had come down mm. and it's obviously, it, it kind of completely restructured the playing staff, didn't it? And I think we had a very good, um, or, or a good enough kind of 11, 12, 13. But once the squad got a bit deeper and you're relying on, on kids, um, especially in important positions like centre-half in a league where it's just unforgiving and the thing that I would say which people, I think some people realise is like the pressure in the National League for a Leighton Orient player and like like mm. um, kind of Bristol Rovers or Oxford when they've been in, in that league is the pressure is far greater mm. and the other teams raise their game, like, I know it's a cliche but it's true you do feel extra pressure so I remember I think we went and lost to Boreham Wood the next game so that yeah, games game and we got we got completely outplayed and outworked and at fault. And I was in the change room after, and I think few of the senior, like Joby said something and I said something, I know I was new, but I just felt there was a bit of a lack of aggression and, and that side of... Of our game, which in that league you had to have, like you'd be better being ultra aggressive and horrible than you were being pretty and playing on the floor. I think the ideal way is to play football. Um, people might think because of um, the way I play or, or whatever, I, I enjoy football. I enjoy playing the right way, but you still have to have the aggressive side. And I think um, we lost that game, and then we went to uh, we played Halifax at home, maybe. And we lost 3-0. They had that big striker. From um,
0: Denson. Yeah, it was a Tuesday Denson. night. They battered us. And Matt yeah, uh, Battered.
2: Battered. Yeah. And I missed the header early in the game, which was one of the worst misses I've had, it, uh, I'll say, in my, my career. But it was just the 3-0 at home. Yeah. And I think some of the, the
3: younger lads, and as a group, we maybe thought, well, it, it
2: took us... a. It, give us a big punch in the guts and we've lost George Lacobian and um, Josh That's Coulson awesome. who are massive for us. You know, that experience in centre half,
3: in that position, in that league is just so vital. You can't really, you can't
2: really understand until you're in a dressing room and, and you've got um, that experience in that position, how important it is. So we had uh, Michael Clark, who's a great lad and will go on to have a, a good career, whatever level. And Jamie Sendles White, who's now doing really well at Crawley. Now, mm. I just don't think they were quite ready, and I don't think as a as a group we were quite ready to to kind of um, go on, carry on winning. So, I'll be honest that that run was the worst run of my whole career in terms of how it felt because it just was not lit. Like you can say what you want, but it was the non-league, and we were just losing. It was just it was just really tough. And if I'm honest, I think. I really liked Steve Davis, but it, it just wasn't right. I don't know if it, it just didn't suit what Leighton Orient is, which is kind of working class, um, aggressive. You need that first off, you know, and then the rest of the football and that comes with it. And I just don't think it quite worked, but I don't think injuries helped either. So Yeah, that's
1: um, one of the things that really... Really, sort of did him in. Really, is the fact that he'd lost two players, two key players, senior players in key positions. position. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, that, we were there, I remember at Gateshead at home, and I
0: think we lost that one 2-0. It was quite a bad night, it was a Tuesday night, it was horrible. Like you said, they were a lot more aggressive. Yeah. And he, yeah, with 20 minutes gone, he started tinkering with the formation. I think he played three or four formations in the first half, and you remember yeah. thinking like he's gone, he's lost it, he's gone. And yeah. so, a week after, on the 14th yeah. of November. Steve was actually relieved of his duties uh, and yeah. his, Justin Edinburgh was appointed as Orient manager on the 30th of November. And obviously we know and um, we'll go through kind of Justin's story, but what was it first like meeting Justin? Did you know him previously or was it first time? I'm meeting- n- I've played against his teams, obviously, and just kind of said hello and um, and stuff like that. I, I
2: mean, he, he lives not a, mi- a million miles from me, but I've never like had a chat with him or anything like that. But it was... Um, it's funny, so he came in and I thought, I just thought, yeah, this is the right fit. Like That was the general feeling within the um, within the building. It just felt kind of right for everyone. Um, and I remember he, his first day he came in, I'd gone to do some kind of pre-activation in the gym and I missed his first um, kind of rousing speech to the <laughs> oh, lads. With... Man. Oh, it was unbelievable because I was in the gym kind of doing some squats and stuff. I'm thinking, cool, oh, this is empty. Like, usually there's a few other, kind of the older <laughs> players in here. And then I get back and, it, and, and like, everyone's kind of like fixated on Justin, kind of, and he was coming to the end of his speech. So, I kind of shook his hand. and went, oh
3: God, I've missed you. I've missed your speech. He was like, oh, it was unbelievable. It was the best speech <laughs> I've ever done. <laughs> um,
2: so, yeah, that was, um, that was a funny old one. But, uh, it was a weird week because the week was spot on. Um, we kind of, we, kind of went back to basics in a way, you know, we simplified things in training, there was an emphasis on more aggression and stuff like that, and then we went to Solio, everyone was convinced we were going to win, and that, that again, was just really an awful game of football that we, we had no cohesion or anything, and I think that's when he kind of said his famous words, you know, I'm here for the memories and, and stuff like that, and, um, and it was... It was just kind of uphill from then, in a way. You know, we didn't have success straight away,
3: but the next game was a huge one at home to Sutton. I think. Yeah, they were top of the really. table.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes you just need a game like that where you're almost not expected. We were we were crap orient at the time, weren't we? Yeah. And we. We, we were at home to Sutton, they were probably thinking, right, turn the punters against them, because the crowd had turned a bit, and I, I don't blame them for turning at all. It had just become, it had become really almost embarrassing. I was embarrassed in the team, um, not winning that long at that level. So the punters had turned, they were probably saying, right, kind of score the first goal or keep them quiet, and this little turn, they're, they're kind of bollocks, will go. But we stood up, we stood up, and well, that was a superb performance uh Macca scored a couple i think early i got one just after half time so that was that that kind of took the pressure off a bit i think that like football's all about belief and confidence and you know that just got a little bit back that we needed at the right time and it was, and it, then the
0: season kind of picked up from there didn't it it did i mean there were some really memorable games um, the fa trophy <coughs> was quite um, memorable as well and obviously we come to going to Wembley a bit later on but you scored with your first touch against Haringey Borough after coming oh, yourself. right,
1: yeah. I was at that yeah. game. Yeah. We won that 2-1. Literally, you went on for a... We had a corner, I think. And yeah, corner. You headed in yeah. About, yeah. at the back post, <laughs> if not. And it was pouring down with rain, if I remember rightly as well. We yeah, actually, I mean,
2: that was actually quite a tough game. Haringey, were, they had some OK players. So, yeah. Um, they had
1: and a young you, lad that like, was really quick.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember the winger. And I, I was I, And I was... Um, I was sitting on the bench. I don't know because something actually happened to my my mum that week. It was she she had a um, brain aneurysm, so I, I remember it quite well. Like in the week, I didn't train or anything like that. Um, she's fine now, but it was a weird week. And I remember sitting on the bench, thinking, "Cool, wh- like what's happening here?" And then you just get on, score first touch, and then um, like the world's all right again, you know. Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was a funny one. We went there and then. Uh, I
3: think we, we
0: finished the season quite strongly if I remember. Yeah, we did. We I think we finished thirteenth and yeah, then you could kind of sense that the tide was turning and we we'd gone to a few tough away grounds and got one 0 wins. Bond was doing really well, Corona was starting to come through, you were coming on and having an impact as a sub, Joby was starting to run games, Happy's yeah, starting exactly. to emerge at this point, Brillo's established himself as number one. Yeah. And it's all yeah. kind of the wheels are starting to turn. Um yeah. So yeah, so the first season, I mean, were you happy with your contribution in the first season or do you think it could have gone better? I actually, you? well, it's hard
2: to say you're happy because I, I found myself not playing as much as I thought I should um, in a way. So I, I, I had the injury with Steve Davis, my calf came back and thought I was kind of quite integral to the team. And then when Justin came, I started really well under him and um i maybe was, i was frustrated at the time um i maybe thought he was actually because did we sign
0: we signed Dan didn't we Dan Holman we signed Holman on alone that's right yeah
2: yeah and i think he had one eye on the next season you know and i think uh, i had another year's contract and i think he had an eye on maybe signing another forward so he was almost had one eye on the future and almost feeling it out, and I think he really wanted Dan to do well, which is which is fine, and it just didn't quite happen for him, so I, I remember being a bit frustrated and thinking, you know, I deserve to play, I've not let anyone down, and then I finally got my chance against Woking at home, and that's when my, I ruptured my hamstring, so um, it was it was unlucky in a way, you know, I remember just my, my stud slipped in the turf and it went over, it wasn't for any kind of mad reason, it just was one of them things, but... You know, football's a bit like that. I had the security of another contract and I know you get writ off when you're, when you're kind of in your 30s, so I'm sure people would have. I mean, even even at the club they might have been saying, oh, how will he come back? But pretty early on, I, I kind of did get my head around it and um, and I was really focused going into the next season. But I, I saw the signs like you said, like the things, the wheels had started to turn. I knew we had the basis of a, of a really good squad and with Justin, he created the, the team spirit that was so famous, obviously. And um, I could just feel something good happening. And, you know, we had good players like Josh Karoma. What, what a great, great player, great lad. Like, he just wanted to learn all the time. Macaulay Bond just kind of would just run and run and run. Like, I used to right. have a laugh with him. Say, like, I could throw a paper bag on the pitch. You'd chase it for 90 minutes, you know? Like, <laughs> he would. Yeah. and he. And he's so and he wanted to score, like I don't think people realise. Like he would come in and practice every single day before training, after training. Like it was he was relentless and and you know, we had we had the right mix of youth, experience, physicality, kind of spirit, you know, so we just got the balance right and obviously
0: the next season, um, it it did it came it came out you know. Did you have any inkling of how well this season would go? I know we've said the wars were turning, but did in your wildest dreams did you think that, you know we'd end up going to Wembley, winning the league, you got the first thirteen games unbeaten? Yeah.
2: Um. Did I? Yeah. I, th- I think I knew. I just knew it would be tough. I, th- I think we looked at. Um, I think. Like we've obviously we've got an we've got analysts and we analysed the points per game since when Justin um, got the job. So I think if we'd have carried on that points per games, we would have been in the playoffs. Now I think that was the minimum requirement was playoffs for for a club like that. But I think the way the team kind of worked itself out, and I think Maka and, and Josh playing up there together and the emergence of how the season went kind of the formation how it evolved into a 3-5-2 with Dan coming into the team just as we were having a little bit of a sticky patch um, i thought we i thought we'd do well but once i got in the build it like not in the building in like daily i just could feel it growing and the momentum growing and the the tra- training was just was just mad and that's like i suppose a big thing for me is like i've always found the importance of training very big, so I never pl- I, I, I rarely started, but I understood how important it was to push people in training and lead by example, even if you weren't playing so I could tell there was something in the training ground which was right we had a great group of of older players, but younger players as well like, I'm not just saying that, but it, it just felt like the right blend. kind of mentality and attitude and blend it yeah. just
0: felt good, you know? Yeah, I remember we in the end of season pod we had um, Danny Webb who was one of our guests and he said something similar to you we asked him who his player of the season was and he went oh I think it's Alex Lawless and we went oh really we went you what like he didn't play he barely played but then he was saying it's not about how he played it's about how he conducted himself in training how he was pushing how he was mentoring and getting those bold boys to perform
1: to a higher level but it must be quite gutting to say that, like, you're a brilliant trainer, you're a brilliant guy to have in the camp, but you're not starting. That yeah. must be quite hard to take, right? I mean, I'm sorry yeah. if, that, if I'm stating the obvious and I'm being, like, completely blatant no, obvious but, with that, but. No, no, no. If someone's but, telling me I'm, like, the best trainer, I'm pushing other people, how am I not being chosen to play? Why am I not even on the bench in some cases?
2: Yeah, and I think, I'll be honest with you, if someone was saying that to me at 23 years old, I'd be um, looking to have a fight with them, you know? Like, that is that was my mentality when I was younger. So, I remember I was at Shrewsbury, and I scored in a game uh, on a Saturday, and we played crew on a Tuesday night. He changed the formation, and he dropped me for the game, and I, I just could not get my head around it. So, I kind of interrupted the team meeting, kicked off, you know, like so you, you evolve as a as a player, as a person, you, you gain experience. So I'm sure Lawsy, similar age to myself, would see the benefit of being in a in a successful group, which I was as well, you know, like there was there was one thing Justin done, he done it at we play we're playing Wrexham away, we won 2-0. You remember um,
0: too late goal Mata wasn't it? scored.
2: Yeah, Matha scored and Bro. Broth scored, yeah. Yeah, he scored
0: memory. a long range, they're keeping his picked it to him and he oh, yeah, surely right. just knocked it over his head like in the ninetieth minute. Yeah, that's right. So we were in the
2: hotel the night before maybe and we had a team meeting. We had we had a team meeting some nights before, some on the day and and Justin kinda of said the reason we're doing so well is Matt Harold, Alex Lawless, George Ella um, these three conduct themselves in that way even though they're disappointed they're not playing, sometimes we were getting left out of the squad, you know, there was only five on the bench, mm, I remember a brain tree, I didn't make the yeah. squad and I, I just got home and I was like, flipping hell, like, what has happened to me? But, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> like, it was mad and I went to see, I went to see Justin and, oh, this is what I mean, it was just, it was honest, he, he just said, look, I've, I've made signings, I'm giving them a chance, like, you back yourself to, to eventually kind of get in the team and I, I can't kind of, I can't ignore you forever. And I was like, you know what? That is that is as honest as a manager's been with me, in a way. Do you know what I mean? It was almost like, well, look, this is the situation at the moment. So as I do sometimes, I go home, I write my goals down. I kind of was like, right, well, where do I go from here? I can either um, go this way or go that way. So I kind of got my head around it and just purely focused on um, on helping the team. Because like, you just know, like, back to my old other point, is like, You just know if you're in a successful group, your your life's better. Like everyone wants to start, but there comes a time where Maka's playing unbelievably well, scoring goals. Josh Caroma's there, so how can I realistically go in and say I should be starting? Every single week ahead of these, they were both scoring, both doing well. So I understood my role was, you know what? When I get a chance, I'm having an impact, mm. and I'm not just saying it. I, I felt I had an impact in probably ninety percent of the games I come on in. So that was okay. It wasn't the perfect role, but you know what? I, mean, I was having, I was having an effect on in the game. So that's all you can ask. That's what you get paid for, isn't it? To get have an effect in the game. So I've got my head around it, and. Um, that's all, that's all you can do sometimes Like it is a squad game and and, it, yeah. and if you can help the team you're helping the club and then you're you're valued in your way you know
0: yeah I mean you're still getting the goals you you know you scored against Dover when we won 3-0 you scored against Solihull again winning 3-0 so you're still getting on the pitch and in the yeah. FA Trophy again you were being used uh, and started more in the FA Trophy you were also having an impact you scored the winner against Wrexham away you scored the penalties to beat Wrexham away yeah. Then you scored a very important goal against Brackley Town, and I think again in that end of season podcast, Matt Porter said he thought Brackley Town was a turning point in the season because we were going through a yeah. bit of a blip. We were one down yeah. at time if you remember. He was playing the five-three-two, and we turned it around in the second half. I think you, I think you equalised, and Course yeah. may have got the winner if I remember. No, hats, it? happy it header. Hats. I knew it was a central yeah, defender, absolutely. and that seemed to yeah. be the re-spark that everyone needed. So you were doing, you were doing fairly well. Did you find the FA Trophy was starting to cause? a distraction and we'll come on to Telford a bit shortly because that was a bit of an eventful game for you but did you find the <laughs> FA Trophy was starting to be a bit of a distraction?
2: it <laughs> wasn't a distraction me, I was, that was me that was my <laughs> game time wasn't it? So uh, I was um, I, I, I used to banter on the lads in the change room calling myself the FA Trophy legend um, and like uh, I think Matt Porter I, I walked past him after the the Brackley game <laughs> he started laughing at me like it, it was almost <laughs> along the lines of God, it's you and this trophy and uh, to be honest I've always I've always had quite a good record in in, F, in the FA Cup like I've, I've scored a couple of hat-tricks in that and, and done well so maybe, maybe I'm just a cup player but um, I remember that Brackley game because we were dismal first half, like funny. really bad and again it was one of them I was on the bench and I was like well, right, well flipping earn your corn you know have an impact scored, and it changed the mentality, because I remember there was a little bit of a huddle after the game, with, and Joby kind of took it, um, and it was, a, and it, you know what, it was a Brackley, like, who's heard of Brackley, no offence to him, but, like, you, 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 you don't think a game like that can really have an impact on your season, but it did, because it just got you that feeling of winning, and that smell of winning again, so that was huge, you know, and we just went again,
0: we went on again from that um, and obviously, yeah, the, tro- the trophy was enjoyable. Right, so let's talk about Telford semi-final then, so we win the first leg, 1-0, we go to Telford, high-pressure game, you had a great start in that game in terms of you got an early goal yeah. and it yeah. was 1-0 and I think you probably know what's coming next, right? Yeah, the guys have done me. For those that may not, not like
1: remember, a what happened?
0: He, he done me like a kipper, the fella. I,
2: I, um, it looked, it probably looked kind of like a red card, maybe from one angle. But it, they, mate, they were a nightmare. When I tell you that that team were an absolute nightmare in the tunnel before the game, they were they were up to no good. Like in that second leg, they kept us in the tunnel for like five minutes. We were just waiting there on the pitch. They were a nightmare, like talking rubbish to you, like they were screaming, hit this, that, and the other. And after the game, to be honest, I think their manager almost said, right, we tried everything. This, you're, you're a team of, you got a know-how. We, we tried everything and you dealt with it. But in that game, I think I've I've gone to pin the guy and he's almost like hit, headed my elbow with his nose. Well, this is the story anyway. But, uh, <laughs> <That's yeah>. what... <laughs> his nose has exploded, blood everywhere. And I just knew, I knew they would have been talking to the referee about me as well because... I actually probably did cut him with an elbow in the, in the game before that. So, but he'd done me on that one. There's one angle where it just looks like I've had a look to see where he is, just to take the ball down on my chest. So, yeah, it was annoying, but I, I'm just glad we got through it. I'd have felt I'd have felt awful if um, if we did And I actually just had a little bit of a pop at me after the game, and I again that like it's weird how things feel you. So I remember him he he kind of called me a bit naive after the game, and I was like, yeah, all right. And then in my head I thought, right, well. Well, I'm, g- I'm going to show you again. I I'm, I'm going to have another impact. So that was just the little kind of things I used to um, to almost keep myself going. You know, little games you play in your head to keep yourself um, motivated and stuff. And then, and then obviously I, I carried on having an impact in in other games. So it was good. Yeah,
0: nicely done. So let's start talking about the other games then. So business end of the season, we lost two on away to Bromley, and the pressure was really starting to get to get.
2: Fine.
0: Was that the game after that then? Yeah, the game after that was um, coming on to Halifax. And right, obviously, right. Salford breathing down our necks, bit of pressure. Yeah, I think, yeah. we had, I think we we're about three games behind, so Salford, I think we're only a point behind, but we had a lot of games in hand. Halifax at home, yeah. huge game. We go 2-0 down um, just yeah. before half-time. Corona scores an absolute worldie uh, right. to bring us in 2-1. You come on uh, last ten minutes. We absolutely batter them. I mean, they're blocking yeah. every shot that comes in. Their keepers making some amazing saves. And finally, in stoppage time. I mean, I'll let you. T- I'll let. I'll let you tell the story, and you can tell the celebration story because that was an absolutely moment to remember.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. So that was that was mad because that was almost I could feel the tension in the, the stadium and in the crowd, and you can sense it in the lads as well. You know, when you just think right do not fuck this up now, like, we're in a, such a great position. So I remember that, I don't actually remember the game too well, it's funny, I usually do, like, I've usually got quite a good memory, but I just remember getting on and thinking, right, do something, just just flipping, do something. So I, uh, was it a corner came in, yeah. and there was just, it was like pinball in the box, wasn't it? Yeah. And then it came towards me, and I got a kind of half a stud on it, and it's kind of off deflected and trickled in, and then I've run off going mental, and then Dates has kind of run off in another direction. I think I hope he ain't claiming that goal. I'm having that definitely. <laughs> um, and he like we've all just run and, and gone mental because although it was a draw, or it was just a you know a late late goals can do so much to. To teams, to the mentality, to the kind of like spirit you've got, and and obviously that that was um, like my granddad passed away that week, and That's I was ridiculous. actually really really close to my granddad. He was like 96, but he was he was a proper legend. Like he he kind of yeah. attacked every single day, and he just he was just he just had that good kind of good mentality. So I was quite close to him, and it's just weird how you have moments like that on in times like that, and I thought. I just thought something would happen, and it did. Um, it did in the end, and it's, it's even I feel quite emotional talking about now because it's just one of them surreal kind of things where you think, well, oh, that one was for you," you know. So it was lovely, lovely moment, and lovely how it kind of was important in the in the scheme of the season as well.
1: So Halifax, the Halifax game was uh, one. You know, we we're obviously on the the, the down to the to the uh, end of the season, and we obviously didn't lose. Uh, A game uh, between from the Halifax game to the end of the season. So, how were you all feeling, or how were you feeling in particular as as we approached the last, the last few games? What was the mood like for yourself? So, so what was
2: Halifax? How many games did we have to
1: go? So we had Halifax. Then we had Eastleigh at home, Sutton away, Harrogate at home, and then Solihull away, and then Braintree at home. So after Halifax, there was five games. Yeah. So then we had.
2: easily and I remember I, I walked into the dressing room thinking I was going to start and then we changed the shape like the shape got changed and it was mad we had I think everyone
3: was fit like he had a real decision to make and and, and he got um he picked the team
2: and I think lawsy maybe came off injured and I think it actually helped him nothing against lawsy it changed the shape back to something else mm-hmm. and I remember Mac Maca scored a great goal and um like, I remember coming on to the end of that game and, like, tracking back into left-back position, just just doing anything. And that, again, that just started the momentum again. So, we won that one. The next one after that was... Sutton
1: away. We won 2-1. Oh,
2: my God. Oh. Sutton away. Like, when when I knew, I knew after that game because the th- it was just hot. It, we had a terrible journey there that day. Like, um, the coach got stuck in traffic. It was just a humid day. I remember it. The pitch. I've never played at something before. It felt huge. It felt dry. They went ahead, and I just thought, "Oh no! Like this, this is not good." Like I think Salford were winning or something like that. And then we obviously uh, Dan scores again, and then the ball goes back to the goalkeeper, and he decides to flick it up, like doing keepy uppies, right? Yeah, doing keepy uppies, and he gives away the pen, and Maco like nervous still to be honest. and he used to practice penalties, again, just going back to what I used to talk about him, it's like, it wasn't a fluke, he was very good at penalties, because he practiced practice them so much, and then he stuck that away, and I remember in the change room, and I, um, I, I kind of looked at Justin, and I was just like, oh my God, how, how do you do this, Like, this mad, <laughs> you know, but I kind of knew then, because I just thought, there's someone upstairs here, and um, like, it's just meant to be, so we done that one, and then we we had the home game, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I Scored in that one.
1: Harrogue. Sorry, just before yeah, we go on, on to that, that in that Sutton game as well. If you remember, James Dayton got sent off for that bizarre kicking, <laughs> kicking uh, out of the referee. Although he didn't, says he didn't mean to. Oh, well, I'll tell you now, he did for bipping mean to. I know. Him, <laughs> by, we know that,
2: Matt.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think we all know knowing that.
2: What, knowing what dates is like, but um, exactly like I was just how can that flipping happen like sending off for throwing a boot at a ref and then the goalie decides to flick it up it was just it was awesome.
0: just like oh I suppose Crazy it, was
1: so, non-league in it. It's yeah. so non-league
0: it
1: It's so
2: non-league
1: and then uh, we were at home to Harrogate
0: uh, a few days yeah, later yeah hot day yeah another hot day you got an early goal from course and then you wrapped it up um, right at right at the death and again Harrogate was yeah. a tough team to play against and beat I thought they were a good team they're right up there now aren't they in that yes. league um, they had that little
2: midfielder who's just like a absolutely Pain in the ass, yeah. Uh, the captain. So I remember, I remember them quite well. I thought they were actually quite a good, good team. And, and I think we peeled one off the line there, uh, only one nil up as well, didn't we?
0: Um, maybe the, the guy went round the uh, Oh yes, then. it was. I think it was Coulson. He, yeah. he went around the Brill, and Coulson made yeah, this amazing right. sliding challenge on the line to stop it from mm. going in. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Great memory, Matt. Yeah, and then obviously I think I scored near the end um, from a corner, lengthy so corner. Yeah, yeah. So it
3: was, mate. It was touching distance, you know. And then
2: Solly, or who are a real horrible team to play against on the, on like a dry, bobbly pitch. That that was the most nervous I've ever been in a dugout, like sitting on the bench in a game. I just, I just was like, oh wow, because um, we knew a draw was enough, really, didn't we? Like with the goal difference and everything. Is
1: that right? Well, it would have taken it down to the last game of the season. Had we have beaten Solihull, we would have been no, we no, would have won yeah, it because Fylde yeah. beat, beat Salford, beat Salford, No
0: one that, so yeah. We, if we won, we would have gone up on the day. But I think when the full time whistle, when the full time whistle went, it was as good as done. Because we had six goals, did we? Yeah, we had plus point. five and three points ahead. So we, even though it wasn't confirmed, we knew it was going to be almost mathematically impossible, even as Zoran yeah, right. for this to go wrong. I remember the final whistle being there. Like all the players came out and were celebrating. Kent Teague's oh, in class, the crowd, man. arms aloft. Justin yeah, comes out to do like, a, 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 like an, almost like a lap of honour after like his TV interviews, and it was a real feel good, yeah. a feel good moment. But that's what it's about, isn't
2: it? That's like why you support the team, isn't it? Like, that's like the 100%
0: moments I, know, I think. Yeah, it was a great day. It was a great day, but we couldn't celebrate until the following Saturday. So we had Braintree <laughs> at home. Um, yeah. Tell us about the match, Matt, because the match is almost an anticlimax to what follows.
2: Yeah, it was an anti-climax, wasn't it? It was just yeah. a, a drab, drab, nil, nil, wasn't it?
1: Like, the yeah, weather weren't yeah. great. Um, they weren't great. We weren't great. Everyone looked no, nervous. No, it,
2: it was just one of them, like, get the, get the game played. I remember it's like, it, there was still a tiny bit of nervousness, though, I sensed in the crowd. Just nothing, probably through the last few years of absolute ups and downs. And, like, the history of everyone tells me of being an O's fan is quite kind of up and down. But, um i could sense a little bit of that but it was all it was all sweet in the end wasn't it and we uh we got there there was a massive picture uh, invasion that um that i felt like i was getting crushed but it was uh it was great like the relief and the the joy of doing it in um you in know interesting just, just in a in a team that uh, just such a great group of lads got such a great togetherness um a little bit as well kind of like uh i knew how proud my my dad was just through kind of the connection of of and, and even something like that you know it's just it was just a lovely lovely time and as you get on in your career you kind of uh, appreciate these moments even more You're, i i had promotions earlier in my career and i just brushed them off like oh this will happen more but it don't you know it don't happen it don't happen that much so I've been in playoffs and stuff like that but it don't actually happen too much so um, it was it was great and it was just um, just a special
0: time to be honest yeah winning it at home on the final game of the season yeah and kind of replacing that negative memory of the last pitch invasion yeah. And, yeah, and two years later we're running on to celebrate it was an amazing day how did you celebrate in the evening did you spend it with the family did you go out with the boys
2: I um we went up to the uh, to the ballroom, mm. and we had music on. We had drinks, we had everything, and uh, mate, that is what I live for. Like, I just love that kind of feeling. After that, being with the lads, and um, I kind of like stayed there as long as I possibly could. Like, it's weird how like some of the young lads they kind of they're quick to shoot off and kind of get ready for like we were going out that night um, in London. And I think they shot off early, but I just like being there. I had my winners' medal on, um, and I had
3: my missus, my kids. Like it was a great, it was a great moment. Um, and we just kind of listened to music, got got
2: drunk, and then I think I ended up walking through late in the High Street um, with the family because i got a train back from. I got chewed back from there to my mum and dad's house in Woodford with them and uh, I remember going into a KFC and kind of started singing a few songs and stuff like that because there were some Orient fans in there so yeah little things like that kind of make the most of it it, you
0: know and then the the following night I'm sure you probably don't remember this uh, well you might do the Starman Awards was an absolutely great night we've we've seen the videos of all the players on the table you're there holding Brillo arm around Brillo and arm around Lawless, singing all that's time time what
2: it's about, it? anyway. <laughs> but that—that that, that is exactly like that is why you do that is why you do it. That's why you—that's uh, why you—you uh, kind of don't lose your head when you're not playing, and you keep working hard on a Monday morning when you know the, the first team are doing a recovery session, and you're you're having to kind of get four k in of high intensity training. You've—that's why you do it, you know. And I thought, cool, I'm enjoying this, so I'm ha- I'm going to have a sing song. <laughs> with uh, with anyone who'll have a sing song with me, so uh, yeah, it was it was class. I loved it. Yeah.
1: And to top that, and to add on to that, um, the club took all the players or uh, the first team players in the squad off to off to Spain for a little cheeky weekend away. And we yeah. were reliably informed that you were pretty much running that that weekend. Uh yeah. I was well. Obviously, as I
2: got older, I became almost like social secretary. So I was. <laughs> I wouldn't organise the stuff, but I'd go there and I'd kind of keep everything, everything going smoothly and make sure no one got away with wearing anything bad or, or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, I'd uh, I'd be in charge of that kind of things, and I I do genuinely love the 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 banter and changing room kind of atmosphere and stuff like that. So I made the most of uh, made the most of that holiday, to to say the least, and um, and uh, it was a great it was a great little. Trip because like you you've just been so through so much you know with with your real good friends like that is the one thing about football that is is why it's so good you know you, you have a lot of lows but then when you have highs you have got to enjoy
1: them you know because mm, the highs are few and far between but the lows for
0: exactly. yeah it did seem exactly. like a really close knit team it seemed like everyone was just really kind of fond of each other and you can see that on the pitch and on the Justin's yeah. leadership but you couldn't it. You couldn't quite relax though because you had the FA Trophy final still to come. Yeah, you had to wait for you to that. play it. Very strange. Very weird. So we've done
2: it, I think we went away, then we had, or well, we had a week, a week kind of resting, like we lowered what we'd done. Um, then we had a week away or, or the other way around. So we went away, then we had a low week and then we really cranked it back up.
0: And I think the issue was maybe filed lost in the playoff final, didn't they? Yeah, At they played a week think, before Wembley, didn't they? Yeah. And so, so, obviously, their fitness
3: was maybe a little bit sharper. But I just
2: think, I remember I knew one of their lads, Monty, and um, he just said, oh, we just turned up today. Like, no, not fast. And, like, I think you often play your best when you're relaxed and not um, yeah, no too tense and stuff. And and we, but let's not get it wrong. We, we deserved to win that game in, like, I think the second half, we were excellent. I mean, <laughs> I cleared one off the line. And, to be honest, we went back to the Marriott in Wolfham Abbey. And uh, Justin got on the mic and... Um, he kind of mentioned me. I was like, "Oh God, what we get, What's happening here?" And and he kind of said, "Oh, Matt Harold had filed for a clean sheet." <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so I thought. But you know what? That was that was lovely because I'll always remember that. Um, because it, it was almost like we had a good relationship, and it was like, you know what? It's great that he could could hammer me because if you give it out, you got to be able to take Thank it. You. That's, yeah. not, that's that's the rules, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> he he came for me and I was like, that's brilliant. Like, it, fair enough, you know. But I, I do, to this day, I said I was doing my job because I was following in a shot. So um,
0: yeah. it weren't my fault. <laughs> I, I think that was the moment where we knew it just weren't going to be our day. They exactly. scored a, a world free kick. I think Willowson hits the post and then JLB yeah. strikes it and it's going in and then it hits your, your bum cheek and then flies out the goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: So it was great. And it would have been, I mean, it would have made it just would have been the best ever, wouldn't it? But you know, it weren't to be, and and
0: the main thing was well, we were back in the league, you know. Absolutely, it's a job done. I think as fans, we kind of, for us, it was disappointing to lose, but the main yeah. job and the main aim of the season.
1: I wasn't fussed um, about yeah, this. Yeah, done yeah. trophy, trophy. I've be been to Wembley. Wembley's not a friend of ours, unfortunately. We don't seem to hunt well there. Yeah. Um, um... <laughs> so whether we won it or not, the most important thing was I'd rather not have won the FA Trophy. I'd rather have not oh. you've won the league yeah. yeah won the league and not the trophy rather than win the trophy and not the league do you know what oh, I mean so 100%, 100%. We and everything the right that way comes around. with it yeah and everything <coughs> that comes yeah. with it definitely absolutely but unfortunately um we're going to go fast forward about 2 or 3 weeks maybe a little bit longer and unfortunately Justin uh we lost Justin uh yeah. he passed away sadly collapsed and and unfortunately, he he didn't recover. So, where were you? Because I know obviously these were the holiday times. All you players go away, different parts of the world. So, where were you? What were you doing when you heard about this news? Because we know uh, there was a, a conference call, and everyone had to dial in.
2: Yeah. So, well, I mean, I first heard out there was a group um, like the boss now, Ross. He put it in the group that the manager had, had um, a heart attack, and I I was driving to Leon C. I think I was going for a coffee there, and um, I was. I kind of pulled my car over, and I was like, what? I was like, what? Yeah. What? Like, it just do not make sense, and then, my initial reaction was, well, a lot of managers have had
3: heart issues, you know, and it's just, maybe a little up, and he looked healthy, didn't he? He looked good for his age. Yeah, he really good. He, yeah. he
2: was, and, and I rang. I can't remember, I think I might have rung Brillo, and I was like, mate, what, what, what the hell? And it really hit me for six. But I really, genuinely thought it would be okay. And then I flew out to Greece. Um, I flew out to Greece maybe a couple of days later, and I was there. I was actually we met our friends. Um, my best pal was out there, and, and we met up with them. And we were over dinner. I think the the sea bass and the ribeye steak had just uh, been delivered <laughs> to the table. And and I picked my phone up, and it was a. Uh, ring this number for a conference call and as you said so i, I rung in and my, my signal wasn't great and it and and to be honest when i heard that i thought oh my god like i knew there'd been a few rumors aren't there in yeah. twitter and stuff and i didn't i I, mate, I never read much and i don't pay much attention to what's online so i, I just didn't it but then when i saw that and i think a few messages come through on the group like oh no this couldn't be could it and heard his voice and he, he kind of gave the awful news um and Nigel and Kent may have kind of said some things and I was just it was like just a complete and utter emptiness and it was really it was really just like a shock factor and it was a real struggle like it was it was really good like my missus was great like she uh like for the rest of the holiday and um and, like, my best mate was there. And it was very good when I was around people because I'd actually managed to, to kind of, like, forget about it and stuff. Um, but when I was on my own, I remember that night, um, I sat on the balcony of my hotel room, and I probably just stayed up till kind of 3, 4 o'clock, just running things over, like, crying, and then kind of like, oh, I think I just went online and just started reading everything. And it kind of really just... Was really tough, and anytime I was alone, like um, in the mornings, I'd go for a run or, or whatever, and it would just kinda of like I find myself like breaking down or something like it was. It was really, really weird. I, not weird, but it was really emotional and tough. Um, and it just kind of hit home when you got back. And I went to the stadium when I got back, met with all the lads, and kind of laid all the shirts down and and stuff like that. That it just it almost snowballed the feeling of this kind of just. What we'd been through together and how it, na- it na- how no one knew what was going to happen football-wise. We weren't thinking of that. We was thinking of his family and how it had happened. It was just, it was just horrific. And you get to know, you, you obviously got to know his family and his wife Kerry and, and kids and um, Haley. My missus went out with them like as a group. Like the partners went out together as well. So there was a real unity. In, connection, just not with the players, but the whole squad and and um, the whole group. So it was just like a real mad feeling of morning, you know, so it was horrible. It, it really is, and I feel some things come on, you know. Like I'll listen to a certain tune or something, and I'll, I'll think back, and you do get quite emotional. So it was a really tough one, and I think I think the, the fans. Are, I don't know how you two found it, but I'm sure you found it emotional as well, you know.
0: I went to the ground on Sunday, and I yeah, and I, I felt like sick like after I heard. I was away on the Saturday, so I couldn't go on the Saturday, but I went on the Sunday. <laughs> and I got there, and I just started crying like a baby. Like I, went with, yeah. I met a mate, a mate there, and like his wife just had to comfort me for like five minutes while I was crying, cried in her arms. It was ridiculous, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, just you just you just don't, you're not expecting it. Like it's mm. just
0: it's,
1: it's really just mad and it's really weird for us as fans because obviously we didn't have the relationship with him that that you guys as players and as staff did. So yeah. it's, a, it's a really weird one, but you really got the feeling that Justin was a late and orient man. And people yeah, that are Late and Orient fair. fans know what you mean when you say that he's a club man. Like you said, yeah. Steve Davis yeah, wrong fair. wrong time, wrong place kind of thing. Whereas yeah. Justin was right time, right place. He knew the exactly. club, he knew what was needed, he knew what we were about, and he was yeah. a perfect piece of it of our jigsaw puzzle. Um, yeah. no, and it was no, really 100%. hard. I went down on the Saturday night, um, and yet, really somber, really sad, really, really sad. I, sadly, I, I've I've lost people close. You know, I lost my mum a few years ago, so I've kind of got yeah. cope, my coping mechanisms. But um, so not everybody does, so it's it's really understandable. But but what are your coping mechanisms for things like this? Because obviously, the world's still spinning. And that, I don't mean to sound yeah. cold saying that, but the world of football no, but it does. Is still moving. The world goes on. Yeah, life goes on. It it, it, it does. So how, um, how do you do it? How did you think, like, oh, how am I going to get myself ready for next season? Because already, two or three weeks' time, you guys would have been due back for pre-season.
2: Yeah, I mean, so obviously, Justin Justin gave me another year. So I think I arranged that um, in between. I kind of knew I was staying for another another season. But very much, I think, kind of two months before that, I I maybe wasn't, you know, like I think I had a big impact near the end of the season and that's what done it. So luckily my football future was sorted. So I almost focused purely on that, getting fit, carrying on going. And and in a way you kind of like everything, everything you do is, is for yourself. But it was always him in the back of your mind, kind of, you know what, we need to use this. There's two ways you can go here. You can use it to drive you forward and do as well as you can, or you can let it take you the other way. And his his son Charlie was great. He's he's a really positive guy. Yeah. And I always try and be as positive as I can. I I try. That's that's my mentality. You know, it's it's look for the look for what you can do to to keep going, um, do well, and things like that. So that was the mentality. But it probably did it probably had more of an effect on the pitch than we realised. I remember a pre-season game we played Hornchurch and I remember, of course, um, he had a little bit of a, a wobble in the game and I remember talking to him and he's just, I think he just got kind of Justin in his head. Mm. Um, and I remember he had a, at half-time we walked off and he, he just pulled me and he's like, oh, I'm struggling here. And I was just like, "Look, well, first off, don't worry about the game. But just like talk, talk to me about it get through it get what you need to do and like just you know just get through it um, one of them so it was it was strange the coping mechanism was probably just go, go out and run like I'm a big kind of advocate of exercise and stuff so I kind of do that that's that what keeps the demons away from me so that was probably my way of coping but then obviously um, going into the next season it was all changed you know we'd lost someone who who led us into a great period and then we were going into a new level where everyone was so excited and we didn't have our leader, so it was really, really surreal, strange, tough, weird, it was like everything, it was just so strange and I think um, the season, <laughs> the season has just been absolutely bonkers, I'm sure you must get that off all the fans and even the people you interview on here or or do the pod with, is
1: like, it's just been <laughs> an absolute, the real season, you know. You couldn't you couldn't write it really, could you? You couldn't have predicted no. it. So we started off the season. Obviously, it was difficult because obviously Ross um, sort of put his head up and and and, yeah. and stepped forward and said, "Look, I'll, I'll, I'll lead it on an interim uh, basis." But but everybody coming back to into season a little bit obviously minds elsewhere, maybe. But as you say, you know, running it around and getting back in and amongst everybody and and, and talking. But at the start of October, uh, you got, that's really when you started to get a run in the team, and you got a superb away assist at Northampton. Cool, yeah. Was that, right? was that me or was that Zidane? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we've
1: never seen you and Zidane in the same room at the same time, so. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it could have been. No, that was uh, that was nice. I um, obviously
3: I've played. I played. Um, I played my whole career
2: in the in the league, so I was just I was it was great to be back in it. You
3: know, it was great to be away from Jacko Jacko balls and Jacko kit. Yeah, yeah. um, back
2: it back in the league, and I was kind of really itching a, a bit. And I think I think the ever as everyone knows, it's been strange. I mean, uh, Ross kind of. St- Stuck his head up and, and went for it. Having done it in the first season in the in the national league, and I, I think that was a, a really tough one. And I suppose he would, he would have learnt loads about himself in that in that process. And then I I actually think, considering everything that had gone on, we we were doing really well. And and this is where I'm sure we'll go on to the to um, Carl Fletcher, it's like, we played Northampton, great away performance, uh, Bro scored a great goal, uh, and obviously I I assisted
0: him, and then we went to the Walsall at home. Yeah, Walsall at home um, on Saturday, yeah, won that one. Football. Won that one. You scored um, in that one? I, I, I managed to score in that one, and then we went to Grimsby
2: away, um, tough place to go, you know, like that old cliche, but it is... And we win
0: 3-0. Is it 3-0? 4-0. 4-0. You're forgetting James Alabi's half-right. I'm oh, sorry. Half-right. No, I should, right.
1: never, I should uh, never forget uh, Alar's um he, <laughs> he hasn't. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Bloody. Judging by social um, media every other day, it's a repost. Re- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah. Well, don't Love start
2: him. me on social media. But, Love um, him. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we win three games, you know. Like, it was all... It was just—it was surreal again. And, and Ross had made the decision to step away, and then we win three games, um, and then a, a change of manager happens. It's like the timing—the timing is just—it's just incredible, isn't it? I mean, and then we went to Plymouth away. Um, Carl's first game, Fletcher's first game, and they score a, basically a, a volleyball punch into a goal. And we're 1-0 down. We were actually playing well at that point, you know, and I just, we, we go down 4-0 against a very good team, like it has to be said. They were a very good team, but, you know, at nil nil when they punch your ball in, it, it don't help. No. And then I just, I remember on the coach back, right. and I just had this little feeling like, oh, uh, this, I don't know, like, I just, this, this timing's not right. This timing's not great, you know. Um, and it turned out to be, to be pretty true
1: didn't it you know it's your gut feelings usually always right so what were your first impressions of Carl when he joined the club like his, his first his first sort of team meeting did he did he host did he have one like
2: you know yeah, the one of one. Justin's
1: that you missed yeah um, <laughs> not
2: to rub it I mean it that, in they were completely completely different characters as you could probably tell from from the outset but like that is um, again and like like different steve davis as well so i i had a chat with him because i actually um he obviously worked at bournemouth and and my best pal um is the skipper at bournemouth so we had a little connection and i'd actually played against um carl Fletcher a few times so we had we had a chat and then he came and he gave his um first speech which was good It, it was kind of almost raising the bar he wanted to aim for Kind of like, right, let's, you know, we, we he'd he watched us play and he was like, you know, I believe in you lot. We can go to this level. And and we play Plymouth. It obviously didn't start great with that result. Um, and we trained and training was really good. Like you could tell he's a really good coach. Um, he'd obviously come from a Premier League club. And had his ways. And then, we, did we play yeah, was Carlo?
1: Yeah, it at home. in the first half, and I, we, we were... I thought we were brilliant.
2: First, like, half. first half.
1: Yeah, first half. Let's oh. not get carried away.
2: <laughs> yeah, first half. So, I thought we were brilliant first half. Really, really Best good. Best what I've seen. Yeah, and and we should have probably been three new up, shouldn't we? In yeah, that...
0: Brophy in that it, first half was like a man possessed at that, it, in that
2: Incredible. And we just lost 4-0, and I thought, right, this is it. And the second half was tough. Physically, we'd had a tough week. We'd had Grimsby, Plymouth, and then we had Carlisle at home. Yeah. And I think we've run out of steam. And I think Fletch, after the game, actually said he'd done quite a lot the day before in training. And he was like, look, I regret I regret that. And I actually I remember saying, look, I think there's loads of positives to take from this game. Um, but I remember the crowd, actually, were a bit there was a few boos after because we hung on for a draw didn't we yes. and I think it was a little bit negative and I don't know whether they kind of got him or, or what I, that was the feeling I get you, you sense things when you play a long time and the feeling I got was mm, like maybe this just ain't right again you know as much mm. as it was a really good performance but then we went to Morecambe and um, I, I really expected us to win we'd had a good week training um he, he was trying to implement things and maybe in hindsight he was trying to implement them too quick mm-hmm. um different different things and different training structures and stuff so maybe that's like if you're if if he's probably analyzing where he went he would look to that being wrong and then we had a terrible journey up to morecambe on the friday it was it was like an eight nine hour coach journey uh got to the hotel and i think There was something on at the hotel. The hotel was not like a a calm place to rest. And then we went and it was Kevin Ellison's um, caretaker charge. So their players were obviously up for it. Uh, I know Kev kind of just from playing against him. And he got his team going. And we didn't perform well at all. We were really flat. And it surprised me. I thought we'd gone and win. And the grumbles then started picking up. And it was just, it was just started feeling like the group had lost belief again, where we built that belief up with Ross over the three games before that to a level where we kind of knew where we were, we were playing into me and off me and front foot and stuff like that, we were almost like, oh, we've lost belief again and belief in football and confidence is, is bloody hard, you know, once it's gone it takes a while to get back and it just, the slippery slope started, you know, and I don't think he... I don't think
0: the fans took to him. Um, you'd probably agree with that? No, yeah. After the Morecambe game, we obviously do a podcast every Sunday. After the Morecambe game, people wanted him gone uh, there exactly. and then, and You look at the fixture list and then the next matches is a... An FA Cup game against a team well below you, and, and you're thinking, mate, if you don't win this one, you're thinking,
1: if you don't win this one, you've got like you are going to go in. But I think where we lost a lot of fans, Matt, was around the fact that where we played amazingly well in the first half of Carlisle, the second half we were absolutely abysmal. It's like how do you yeah. play? How do you play uh, two different, completely contrasting halves of football? And then his responses to Dave Victor and and his post match. His post-match interviews were really something to be desired, and I know that it was something that the club worked on with him because you know it is part of his job to to do that. Yeah, you can't say well, you can't give an answer about a tactical question and say, well, if I knew that, you know, I'd be I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. You, you can't answer that way. That that's your job. That's what you're paid to do. Yeah, and then there's, and then we'll there's do... a lot more
2: in the job than just the training pitch, isn't there? Yes. Or just that. You know, you've got to get it right. And, mate, I'm not on... I've got a Twitter account, but I, I'm, I'm not on it. I'm not someone who really likes um, reading too much because I think there's so much... Like, no offence to you guys. Um,
1: negativity. There's,
2: there's so much out there, though. There yeah. is so much out there. There's so much opinion. Like, And I think things like this are great, but I think if... I don't know, if players, or if it gets out too much and you start reading too much from a player's point of view, it's unhealthy. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's a platform for fans to have a little bit of a vent and get their opinion across. And it's great for someone maybe like me, and I don't know um, the bosses, Ross, has done it as well. And it's great to hear from another perspective and you you get the, the owners of the club coming on here. And I think it's great, but I think social media can when confidence is low and I know players read it you know like and it's one of these things I say to the young lads is like sometimes like I see players and I like not at this club I've, I'm sure they do at this club but I, other clubs have been at type their name into Twitter straight after a game in the changing room and I'm just like mate like
1: why'd you do that what, punishing yourself yeah
2: but mm. it's, it's mad because the one thing I got told is like what, what someone thinks of me is none of my business and that's kind of what I I kind of believe in, like someone can have an opinion on me. I'm not going to take it on board. Like it's the close people to me, your manager, your coach, your staff, your players, your your parents, whatever. That is who you take on board. So, um, but I, I got an inkling from the lads because obviously everyone's everyone most of the lads are on Twitter. You get an inkling of fans. Um, what they perceive from managers' interviews, you just do, don't you? Like, mm. I'd, be, I'd be silly standing here going, oh, yeah, we, we don't have an idea what they think. Of course you do. So that negativity almost starts the ball rolling, you know? And um, I don't think he got that right. I, like, that is obviously a fact. That's a,
1: and that's a big part of football. And then, obviously, that game... Um Moulden and Tiptree I mean we drew Jesus against Brighton Twenty Ones, we just about beat them on penalties and then we go on to, to lose to eighth tier Moulden and Tiptree. But yeah. again, you know, they obviously up their game and we thought we were gonna walk that game. Yeah, well
3: you say we thought
1: you were gonna
2: you're gonna do it. Sometimes you can have every good intention as a footballer, but it just not happen. Like our preparation you can get your preparation right. You can do everything right, and it just not happen. And it's down it's down to you as a, as a team to beat them. And what I'm saying is, in that warm-up, I remember, and I've just felt this real sluggishness from the group. And I, was, I, I didn't feel great myself, kind of, in terms of how you feel before a game. But I remember giving everything to trying to G the group up in order because I knew it would be a tough game because the team hadn't lost did they? they'd won every game that so not, yeah. you know like, and then no pressure and they've obviously had some good players and they had a link with Colchester which they weren't an eight tier team let's be honest you know so so I knew it and um, yeah it was just so flat and we were flat and we were making poor decisions we were we were making silly, unprofessional decisions within the game that you wouldn't do against another team. So, um, and the way it ended was that was another real, real low point in my career. That game because you, I love the FA Cup, and it was just, it was just a real, real struggle, and it felt like there was a force field around a goal. I just remember near the end we were peppering them. Like I know we, we lost, and, and
1: maybe they were we to ten men as well. But-
2: yeah, but we just peppered them like, and the ball would just not go in, and the crowd—you could sense the kind of horrible atmosphere, which I don't blame at all because you you, you should beat teams like that, and you just know then that, that this this is this is going to be a hell of a tough hole to get out of, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, we normally do a podcast. We were supposed to do a podcast on the Sunday night, and Nigel Travis offered to come on, and we said, look, we're not going to do one because we think that. Come Monday morning, be. it ain't worth doing because he won't be here. And then and on the Thursday, Cole sacked after just twenty nine days, and in Ross pointed yeah. appointed as interim, and he goes on to be head coach. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on Ross Embleton? We've got a message from Ross coming up later, and we know Ross yeah. is a very uh, fond of you. Why? Why is Ross Embleton, in your eyes such a decent man and a good a good manager, a good football manager?
2: Well, I I obviously I didn't know Ross when I when I came to the club, but I kind of like straight away figured out he's a very good coach you know i've really enjoyed the sessions and he he saw the game very clearly and he, he's never played the game professionally and that's quite hard i think for a lot of people to get over that fact but i think sometimes if you work within football for that long you pick up an awful lot you learn a lot and you have to learn you know so he would know tax more about football than me like there, were, there was an incident in the game once we were watching and he kind of pointed out to me something and I'm I'm someone who loves football like I, I kind of like can't watch enough of it but I, I see it from a player's perspective and he just pointed something out to me and it was just like wow like yeah that, that, like cool how have you seen that kind of thing so he clearly it, like he, it, it was obvious he saw it very well and, and his Foil to Justin was the kind of calmness and the the intelligent kind of like uh, processes and the good information you got. So um, that was my initial uh, thoughts, and obviously throughout this period, which has been so kind of up and down this season, it's just it's just I think the right the right thing. I think. There's obviously people with opinions or whatever, but he took the like steady the ship in a in a very tough situation that we had in the summer and done it, it extremely well. I mean, you, you've got to think after what we've happened and and everything. What what are the expectations? It's kind of like if you have a if you have a mid table finish, you've you've done well, and who knows what would have happened if kind of we didn't have that month with Carl. No offense to him, but kind of breaking up the rhythm of the team. So it's um it's very much now after that looking forward and i i think the last eight games i might be wrong but it really felt like it clicked i don't know what you guys think but i felt we'd got to a place where it was very much upward spiral
0: looking good people knew their jobs the the it was it was very clear, I but it took a bit of a struggle to get there, didn't it? You know, mm. I think he made. I think Viguru was an inspired signing in goal, and he's made the defence look a lot more confident and comfortable. And you got Cisse, who's come in and big done a really good job, and yeah, kind of signers. pushed Clayton right and and the other midfielders around him to kind of do other jobs. And, and yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. clicky. I think we done our end season roundup on Sunday. You know, we were seven unbeaten at home. Um, yeah. by the time the season ended and we was and when we were losing it wasn't three 0 four 0 it was two one one nil. Exactly. They were close Do you remember in. the crew game? I don't
2: know, um Yeah? Yeah, so I thought that, um and I speak, I speak to Ross about that And uh, that was the game where I, And we lost And this, this is what fans I think uh, Struggle with And I'm one of them Because I watched the Arsenal
0: Last night And I'm I'm an Arsenal fan And oh, I get frustrated man. And you're And you're emotional <laughs> And and, that, and you, you totally get that But that crew
3: game Was an absolutely Superb performance And we, we
2: dominated A uh, top two team And we had a goal disallowed we shouldn't have been disallowed You know And that was when I thought Oh this this four, 3 3 free. The personnel, the messages they're getting from the coach and um, the the team behind the team was really um, working. So that was when it felt like it was it was coming. And like you say, seven games unbeaten at home, and I just thought we were looking good coming to that end stage. I don't think we would have made the playoffs or anything, but I just thought it was a positive step in the right direction going into the
0: end, real end end of the season. I think we would have finished really strong. Yeah, I remember Ross saying he wanted to get the goal difference to a kind of positive or yeah. at least get of yeah. the and we were kind of on the way to that but obviously as you know the season finished midway through March and you know Covid has had a massive impact on football um, yeah. and the season <laughs> understatement of the year that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and Gosh. the season saw and it finish 17th uh, in the league um, and on Tuesday 2nd of June recently the club announced uh, their retained list and announced that you're leaving the club so how did you find out that you know the contract negotiations that broke down or was it never offered or did you still? no
2: so <laughs> um, before before lockdown like uh, earlier in the season I had a conversation with, with Lingy and um, I know I mean, I'm 36 in a month, and I knew, like, I wanted to carry on playing for a year, and I thought I could still have an impact. So, if I can add value, then I'm, I want to play and I want to be involved still. But I also have one eye on, on, um, on coaching and my future. So I had a conversation with Lingy, and, it, and it, he was, um, he kind of initiated that, you know, there probably would be another year's playing in a certain role, and maybe up. up um up my coaching responsibilities and keep developing um that side of of the game and i was more than happy with that and now obviously this um flu bug's come along and um and uh kind of changed the whole football world as we know it um and it's obviously a very serious thing um like, and, and if you're vulnerable and, and got um, got some health conditions, it's, it's something you're really going to have to be careful with. And I, I think the fear that's gone out with it, as uh, it, it was really scary for a time. Um, I think it's maybe been put into a little bit more context now. I still think you have to be extremely careful. But I do think the football world will get back on its feet. But obviously, there's money going out and there's no, none, no money coming in, you know? So... Mm there's going to have to be hard decisions. So I was one of them hard decisions. Um, it wasn't nice. I went into the club. Um, i I'd, I'd had some communication with them because I've been with the PFA, kind of working with uh, the PFA, just trying to help all the, the players out and coming up with uh, a scheme to help the club and the, and the players. So I was quite vocal in doing that. So I was keeping in touch. But I, I always knew that, you know, like things... Budgets are going to be lower um, there might be a salary cap which I don't know exactly how it would work but there are gonna to have to be kind of things And I understood up the top end of the pitch we've got quite a few players so it was um, I knew it was a possibility I'm not, I'm not stupid it was disappointing because I, I still wanted to play and stuff so but it you know
3: it was one of them it was one of them decisions and it was tough tough to take I'm sure
2: it was very tough for them to um, to kind of tell me in them ways, but it was honesty. That's all I can ask of anyone. Like that's all that's all anyone wants, isn't it? So, I had uh, I had a bit of a, a surreal drive home. It weren't it weren't the nicest drive home, and then I uh, I had a little. I'm sorry. I had an, a morning of, of morning, um, <laughs> kind of like being a bit kind of down and stuff. But it was very much kind of right. Get yourself going again. Um, and we we've had a chat about kind of maybe a role at the club. Um, I'm maybe thinking of hanging the boots up I have to see for definite Um, I'm proud of my career and and where it's gone and stuff and I don't really fancy the thought of carrying on dropping and playing and stuff like especially as maybe the, the football landscape has changed a bit so uh, I mean, I'm in conversations with
3: them. If I if I can really be a value to the team, which I feel I can be, then it would be great.
2: And then I'd love to stay. You know, if not, then we've had a great three years. So that's how I see it. But I would really love to add some value to the team
0: going forward, as I think it's going somewhere. That's that's kind of where we're at. I'd say. You know. So it's not a closed book. It's still
1: open. and It could go either way. And you have had discussions with the club, and it's a case of seeing. See what, what it goes. Have you got any other uh, options if if the Orient option doesn't transpire?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a fair few kind of contacts within the game and, and my agent. I've got some uh, like investments and, and stuff like that. Um, I've obviously I'm doing my A license, so I'm sure things would come up. But I mean in an ideal world i would i would like to uh i would like to stay at, at this club and kind of develop that way and, and and as i said kind of help um the team so i uh, i always think i'll be okay like that's just kind of how i how i think um in whatever but i, I would generally if if we can get it um, across the line and it suits everyone then I'd, I'd love to stay you know that's that's kind of what i'd, I'd like to do most so uh, and help, help the players and help the team. Like, it's not easy kind of hanging up your boots ever, is it? But no. if no. I can stay in a football environment
0: and be of some value, that is that would be my um, my first choice, you know. Great news! So, watch this space then. Our fingers are crossed <laughs> for we'll be yeah, watching yeah, Twitter. With <laughs> <breath>. <laughs> yeah. So, we've got, <laughs> we've got two uh, questions generic questions about your time at Orient, and then we've got a, yeah. a, a message from Ross, uh, and then we've got a few listener questions. So, do you have a favourite? Orient match over the last three years is there one that sticks out in your mind. Um, it would
2: have to. It, it would have to be the Halifax. I think. Oh, I would say my debut because that was like that was just ball. great.
1: And I've actually right,
2: got the because the, the photo was in um, was in the, the tunnel, and my little boy's got that photo on his wall, kind of me wheeling away, uh, arms out, you know, classic uh, pose after a score, um, yeah, to that game. Know. And and the, and the Halifax, just because the emotion involved and stuff um,
1: and that. So they, I would say them two games really stick in my mind. And what's your favourite goal?
2: Favourite goal would be, yeah, it would be the Halifax. Yeah. Half a yard, scuff, deflection.
0: <laughs> um, I suppose it would be that one again yeah yeah that was wicked the way you, you ran off and that was basically <laughs> a massive bundle by the uh, <laughs> by the dugout amazing Ross Embleton the third outlooker sent us a small message uh, for you he just says what I like about Matt is he looks at people more than just football and likes to know about you and how you think and what you want he's a top man Oh well, that's that's really uh, yeah that's really nice yeah I
3: mean I suppose that's um Something I see as being
2: just vitally important. Like I just think um, it's it's nice to to get to know people and look a bit deeper into people and try and connect with them and make see what makes them tick. But ultimately, uh, make them feel
1: good. I think that's just uh, sometimes it's an under, undervalued thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It's a, it's it's a, a great podcast thing. you got, guys. By the way, just to let you know. Thanks very much. <laughs> Motivational speaker over here, Mr. Harold. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, Josh Coulson said, "Ask him about the Christmas fancy dress." Well. <laughs> There's a story here. Come on. Well, what year?
2: Well, first year. Um, don't know if this could go out, but
1: I'm it's gonna, a family-friendly it. podcast, Matt. We probably should have said that at the beginning.
0: Yeah, well, Let's, it was... Um, Matt, take us there, mate. Let's go there, come on. Oh, I was a sanitary towel. <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know so, where you'd get that sort of a costume. Yeah, well, yeah, it was um, it was on a dodgy website. But, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it, was a sa- it was a sanitary towel from a bad time of the month. So, um,
3: <laughs> yeah, it got some, uh, it got some pretty... Uh, bad Uh, not bad it got got a good reception and um, so yeah that
2: was the first year I went as 1M and I actually had to be a bloody hanky I had to convince the club I was a bloody hanky at one stage (laughs) Um, the second year I went as uh, Eddie the Eagle and I went into a, a, a cafe in Leeds and kind of like shouted out does anyone know if there's a ski slope around here I thought it would make everyone laugh but it, no one even uh, bad kind of batted an eyelid and then the last one I went as David Campese, full taped up six inch studs uh, like two inch studs the whole lot and we were doing scrums and line outs through the middle of Manchester so um, <laughs>
1: three, three little insights there to the Christmas do's there you go some ideas for those that might need them and <laughs> yeah. um, so we got quite a number of fan questions, uh, lots of people obviously naturally asking about what's next for you, is there a chance you can be a coach at Orient or will you carry on playing, we've obviously, we've obviously covered that, um, on one of the forums um, Thor asks, he says uh, Matt football dressing rooms are notoriously funny places with banter, wind-ups and pranks, what's your funniest experience in your career and what was the best one while at Orient, thanks for being an O um come on then the mayor of Canterbury. So, give us give us the best ones that's a
2: hard one because I never think things sound that funny like when you when you retell them I suppose growing up the one um, <laughs> I went to Brentford as a um as a kid and one of the older players done a a it, um <laughs> this is going to be two terrible stories but done a shoe done a number two and put a little bit in everyone's shoe oh. um so that that was one of them, and then I'm sorry, I know this is shit banter, but someone actually at Orient done one of them in the shower and kept it a secret for the whole time. Like we came in from training once, and there was one on the on the floor in the shower, uh, and no one ever found out uh, who it was until until um, like the end of the season. So uh, and I even. I was even that convinced. I actually thought it might have been a dog that came into the training ground, done one, and then shot off, because, like, no one was admitting it, and everyone thought it was me, and I was like, nah, for once, I wish it was, but it actually wasn't me, so... Um...
1: Yeah, the, the <laughs> listeners could
0: have a guess who it was. Um, oh, amazing. Should we run a Twitter poll? <laughs> yeah, run a Twitter poll. But he's got ginger hair, so, so that's, that's one clue. <laughs> Alsbury O's says, As a Leighton boy, did you have opportunities to join the club earlier in your career than you did? And also went on to say, Good luck for the future. We'll forever remember your late goals for us and the way you held up the ball late on in tight matches. Oh, no, great. I appreciate them, uh, them messages.
2: Um, Well, yeah... I can't, it might have been Lingy, who was manager. So when I left um, Brentford as a kid, I went to Yeovil, but there was a, an opportunity maybe to go to Leighton. I mean, I don't know if it was um, him as manager or someone else, but it, it didn't happen. But as I said, it was weird how I always, I always just thought there was just something um, in me that I always thought, oh, I always think I'll play for him. And, and as I said, I thought that the time had gone. I thought I'd probably end my career cruelly, the way things were going. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kiel got me
1: out and I I did become an O in the end you know Mm. funny how it happens isn't it yeah life's funny like that Top of the JES on the forum said what was the best goal you scored over your career and the most important one for the O's Uh, the best goal I've scored was probably
2: in the FA Cup against Watford um, or a volley against Norwich one of the two but um, the Watford goal cut in uh, got the ball back to goal kind of span about Thirty yards out and just caught the ball. It was just one of them where you know you, you didn't even feel it on your boot, and it just mm. kind of rifled. It didn't even spin. It just kind of went like a an arrow into the top corner. And Norwich kind of took it on my chest, spun, and um, smacked it in the top bin volley. So that they were two two good goals. Obviously, uh, favourite orange goal uh, was yeah was no one. the most
1: important one.
2: Oh, the most important one.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I mean
1: same one
2: I mean you tell me probably the
1: Halifax yeah I think Halifax
0: I think if we lost Snaps. if we had lost that? that game I think it could have might have yeah. gone slightly differently Anarchy. yeah yeah Red in the face said no questions from Matt but please pass on the thanks of many fans for the 100% effort that he always put into his performances for the club a genuine
1: pro. So again, another nice comment. Yeah, right. much appreciated. It's really nice. To be fair, we, we we post on the forums and we usually get a load of nonsense on there um, when <laughs> when, we, when we post to be quite honest with you, it's one of those places. Are forums still
3: dangerous places or? Yeah,
1: yeah, they are. Avoid don't don't. I remember reading them when board. I was young and I thought, Oh my god, I've gone from hero to zero. Yeah, don't <laughs> in the space of do three weeks. Don't, don't look. But actually every one of these has actually come back with the post with a, with genuine questions one guy said. One of the admins of the forum said, um, "Could you go around his house and sort out his guttering because he's only five foot five with Cuban heels?" I didn't put that in. Uh, but again, <laughs> oh, it oh, was did a nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, um, but again, there was all nice comments and there's all like like nice proper questions. So, just saying, oh, it just, just really highly shows how highly regarded you yeah, are by. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. By it's all nice when you.
2: You, like, you come somewhere and you leave somewhere and I, I suppose what you've got to do is try and leave people thinking first off you're, um, you're a good pro you gave the rule for the, for the club second I suppose that you had an impact and were good and then third like, if, if people can think
1: you're a half a decent bloke that's always a bonus isn't it you yeah. Know? Yeah. absolutely um, where do we go from here Steve Castle on Twitter Steve underscore Castle 8 said will you come and play for me next year at uh, Royston Town. I'll leave uh, you to connect with him and have that conversation. Note.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I know Steve. I played when I when Brentford signed me from Grays. He was there, and uh, he was a great bloke. Um, and he's a he's a proper
1: legend, isn't he? I used to speak to Ada um, mm-hmm. about him. Uh, hmm. he's a he's a real one of the best ever isn't he yeah he's he's a, he's a very highly regarded at Orient yeah he came in to us in two spells his first one and then he went to I think it was Plymouth he left us to go to oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 and then yeah, he came back I'm, he wasn't the same player uh, when he came yeah. back to us unfortunately I, I, yeah I So I mean, um, I'd mean, i have a
2: chat with Ada every Saturday morning on an away trip because me and me and Brillo who, who'd room together would uh would kind of get up earlier than all, all the others, and Ada would be down there. Um, he'd be
3: having sixteen rashers of bacon and sausage and hash browns in the in the no,
2: in the normal buffet, and then we'd go into like the players one and and have a healthy food, and we'd we'd sit and have a have a coffee and kind of talk for an hour. And he, he'd always because he's a fan, obviously, he'd always um, talk about Steve, and I obviously knew him, um, and I only knew him very briefly, but he, yeah, he was a great guy. But to answer his question. Um,
0: yeah if you can get to us a figure, I'll, I'll have to think about it <laughs> <laughs> all in Ginge uh, this I, I'm not sure if did you play for Ridgeway Rovers back in the day yeah we have a question I I about think. Ridgeway says who was the best player uh, Paul Hayes Mark Jamieson,
1: or Tom Clark Blimey! So who's that come from? This a uh, Twitter handle called All In Ginge. G- I, think, I think it's Nicky Clark. I think the guy's called Nick Clark. Yeah, because he he was um he was a goalie if
3: I remember correctly, and we had some really really like we had a really good team in the
2: Echo League. Um and uh, Paul like, Hazy obviously he lives near me now and he had he a great
0: career. had a great career. He great career, um, um, he, he um, follows us on yeah. Twitter. He follows us on oh, Twitter. Really? So yeah. yeah I mean, so. He's a, he's a does a bit of agency work and coaching
2: now. Um, and I suppose out of everyone, he's probably had the best career.
0: But um, mm. yeah, out of them, I've, I've done the best out of that rich weight group, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mate, we're interviewing you and not them, so I think that tells you all yeah, exactly. you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Graham underscore Levy said, what defender did you have you hated playing against in your time? Is there one that stands out? A um, bit of a hard yeah, bit of a so. for that one. Yeah, I mean, in I played for know <laughs>
2: Pretty, uh, pretty uneventful. Well, eventful rubbish spell there. And um, in that that season, you played against some good players. So Darren Moore at West Brom, or he sticks in my head as being um, a real, real tough opponent. Uh, opponent um, Curtis Davis was good. Um, but in the lower leagues, I there was a player we played for um, Aldershot. Um, Jones, his name was, uh, Mike Jones, maybe, centre-half, and it was mad, it was just one of them, I played against him, and I, I honestly, I thought he should have played in the World Cup,
3: like, he just, <laughs>
2: I just was like, what, how, how are you so good, you're like, strong, read the game, quick as anything, I was like, mate, I, ah, oh, flipping flippin' ain't against you, um, so yeah, that was one in the
0: lower leagues I really didn't like playing against. Have you got any strike partners who you really connected with straight away? Who got you and got them straight? Do you have a favourite strike partner? Um, yeah, I had Phil Evans when I was at Yeovil. I really enjoyed
2: because oh, he was like older and he. Um, you've heard of him, haven't you? yeah? Yeah, yeah, good yeah, player. Very good finisher, yeah. and he just was older and just advised me like a bit like I did to Maka, I suppose. Yeah. So like Maka texted me and said I was his favourite strike partner. Did
0: something yeah like. like, yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he right. did right. Yeah. so he texted me
2: saying that um and i suppose what 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 when you're a young player is um you just enjoy playing with someone a bit older because they just take a bit of the pressure off and it's almost like that's weird it's like it's like a nice little cuddle it's like it just makes you feel a little bit more secure and like i knew that, that's why it works so well i mean i would Um, Josh Carone would go on the wing I'd go up front and I could tell Mac was like right well I can just run in behind now Mac can do the the dirty work and just just guide him through the game Um, so like Jevo done that to me and Scott McGleash done that to me like I still speak to
3: Scotty now quite a bit because legend yeah he's a legend, and like he's amazing he's about 5 foot 4 but he can jump
2: higher than me and he wins wins the amount of head as he does and his goal scoring is unbelievable.
1: So I asked him look, about that, how he can jump so high. It's cause he used to do gymnastics. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. I asked him I about how is it that you're five foot we had him on the podcast. We had him on the podcast. One of our first interviews, and we said like he's about five seven, I think five six, five seven something. like that. So how is it that you can out jump? We had a guy, Sam Parkin, I think it was six foot six, yeah. six foot seven, couldn't jump higher yeah. more than an inch off the ground. So how is it you're able to out jump these people? And I think I'm pretty sure he said in his you in, in his younger days he did. he did gymnastics on the podcast. Yeah, oh, that's how he's able to get that lead. sounded like that, did it? What's that? He used
2: to be a gymnast, you know. He's got his voice. Blimey! I always
1: thought he was lying whenever he said it. <laughs> um, we've we've gone on for just over the hour and a half now, uh, Matt. So we've taken up a lot of your time. So I guess the final the final thing from us: Do you have a message for the Orient fans?
2: Um. Yes. Yeah, I suppose I do actually. Um. So I just think. It's just been a, a, a great three years. I think there's been a lot of a lot of lows, but I hope that's made um, them appreciate the highs so much. And I think I've said it in a few interviews, but I think there is a real strong bond there, just not personally, but with with the team at the moment. And I think going forward, it's important that that's kind of embraced um, and they stick like everyone sticks together. And from a personal point of view, I wanna I wanna thank everyone. It's, um, it's quite strange, really, when you're, you're born somewhere um, and you end up finishing your career, possibly, um, at a place and you've got that little bit of a connection and a family connection in a way. So it's somewhere I'm, I'm very proud to have played um, and I hope that people will realise I've given everything. Like, from the, from the nice messages, I think that's um, that has come across, which is great. And uh, I just think... Um, it's a bit of a thank you for the support and um, let's hope
0: if, if things go well we can we can have some more good good times together you know just just a bit of a thank you from me amazing amazing way to sign off do you last question from me do you have a song that reminds you of your time at Orion? a oh, song? I, know what, I know what you're going to say to that yeah do you? Any, any type of song that what like I can play in the car or anything? yeah or you can sing to yourself or yeah um, Medusa Medusa no.
2: <laughs> the song up as you play is weird, but this happened after what happened with uh, in the summer with Justin is um is I follow so it's um it's like a house track but I play that, actually, because I'd, I'd, on Saturday mornings I'd go to my, my mum and dad's and then kind of have a bit of food there and then drive to the ground and I'd stick that tune on. So that is something i associate with the club. Um, and then, obviously, in the dressing room we play certain tunes. Um, like Drake, we play a Drake tune before we go out because that was one of Justin's ones. So, um, yeah, there's a few and I've, 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 I've kind of... Uh, I'm not on the stereo, but I kind of wrap along to a few of them. The lads like me putting on a bit of a show to Roddy Rich and that, so there's a few little ones in
0: there. Right, okay, amazing. Amazing, Matt, that is Thank you. It. Thank you for joining us. We thought, yeah, no worries. We thought you are amazing, spoke really well. Matt, it's been a privilege. I say me and Paul wanted you on for at least the last two years, and it's amazing <laughs> to get you on now. We've obviously seen you around and spoken, but great to have you on the podcast, and whether you do end up Staying on at Orient,
1: or you don't. Um, we wish you the very best uh, for the future. And thank you for everything that you've done uh, to help us uh, at Leighton Orient Football Club. It won't be, it won't be forgotten. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, or Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on all smart speakers, so listening to the pod has got. Even easier if you've got an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient chum who you think will like the podcast. Grab their phone, download it for them, and pass the pod. So Matt, thank you very much again. Oh, it was a pleasure, um, lad. Stay safe, um, And thanks to everyone for listening and for our sponsor, uh, AJF Plastering. Uh, and always keep calm, stay alert, whatever that means, and listen to the <laughs> Orient Outlook podcast. Ginger Pele, Ginger Pele, Ginger Pele. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked